Um, but luckily, mm. it, I've been tweaking the truss rod gradually, and it seems to be just pulling it right back into alignment. Wink, 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 wink. Pulling that truss rod, yanking it, cranking that rod. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Get that re- get that relief. <laughs> I see what get you did there. That sweet relief. <laughs> yeah, you got to get that action at the nut. Mhm. Hell yeah. Bridge bridging is bri- is bridge a uh, a slang <laughs> slang thing? Bridge. <laughs> as much as I hate urban dictionary and how racist it is, let me check out urban dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> bridging. Uh, bridge. I think you can get arrested for that in some states. <laughs> oh, here we go. Is similar to a male taint, gooch, chode, etc. However, this is the smaller female mm. version that connects the cootie to the butthole. The cootie. Hmm. Are those linkable words as well? <laughs> cootie. <laughs> I guess so. Cootie is uh, very weird. They don't call that. They call that a bridge on a lady. They well, do. The this person does. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Let me check out bridging. Bridging. Yeah, that's what I really want to know about. Oh my god, it's like docking, but when one person is uh, circumcised and the other is not circumcised, <laughs> and you kind of just enclose the other person's glands with the uh, the foreskin. Oh boy, that's so made up. Come on. <laughs> All of these are just so made up. Absolutely fabricated. Ugh, so dumb. Some bunch of dumb preteens. Nerve dictionary. Yep. Dumb rural preteens. <laughs> Suburban preteens. Welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. It's a podcast about artists that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed. I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. And this is the very last episode of Season 9. It is the ultimate. We review the discography, the studio albums of My Chemical Romance, MCR, The Emos. Sort of. I mean... Or are they? Or are they, though? Yeah, the... um. Well, Cameron, this is the last one. Short season, four albums from this band. Do you think they were emo after all? You know, the first two albums, I think were pretty emo. The yeah. last two albums, not emo. Not very emo at all, after they're, all. They're half and half emo, and I would go so far as to argue that most people are emo half the time, and that's just a normal amount of emoting. Um, On a uh, scale from repressed to emo, I would say that they're just right in the middle. But is emo act, does that, are you saying that the emo equals equals emotive, or emo equals equals like emotionally expressive because i don't know if that's what emo necessarily means no i mean like uh sad and wallowing ah but is that what emo means i don't know like like you said there are some emo songs that seem kind of empowering and like 
Well, I'm saying I don't think those songs are emo. Oh, I see. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it's one of those terms that the more you talk about it, the less uh, it's clear what it actually means. Maybe. Maybe. But just in case, here's 30 more minutes on it before we get into uh, the album. 30 more minutes of talking about uh, the definition of the word emo. We reviewed Danger Days, The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys, which I think Danger Days isn't great, but The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys is. And I wish that the album was just titled that instead. That would be better, actually. It's it, This album kind of, I don't know, it, it seems like they have too many ideas, <laughs> honestly. And they, they don't necessarily uh, synthesize them very well into something more than just kind of a a half-baked mishmash of a casserole that has too many ingredients. Blanket review right off, right off the bat. The first two songs are incredible. I think they're so good. Do you mean, do you mean the first actual two songs, or the first two tracks? No, because no, the first I mean, track I don't mean the first radio skit. No, I mean the, the first two songs. I'm like, this oh, is you great. Mean, nah, I nah, can't nah, wait for the nah, rest nah, of nah, this album. Nah, 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 nah. Yes, that's the name of the song is na na na, and then parenthetically na 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 na, nah, uh, which is a great bit. Oh yeah, yeah. there's nine nas in the parent. Na 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 na. That song's great. Bulletproof heart is also good, and then the almost the entire rest of the album is trash and just trash? sounds like what. You, I think so. I think it sounds like boring U2 dad rock. Oh, boy. That's harsh words. Oh, man. Yeah. I was really disappointed. There was, there were no musical surprises. Um, it's possible that there were some lyrics that I looked over because that, that I didn't notice because I was so bored musically. But, like, there was so much excitement in those first, like, couple songs that that kind of excitement was all over the last album. And like just musical delights and surprises. And it just wasn't in the rest of this album. Oh boy. I don't know if I'm, if I'm that down on this album, I think I enjoyed it more than that. Well, great for you. (laughs) (laughs) On the other hand, I am the asshole who won't let us talk about you too though. So I don't know. Well, (laughs) um, this, this album kind of reminded me a lot of gorillas um, because gorillas had come out by this point and it's, it, it's, um, kind of like post-apocalyptic, uh, joyriding, uh, almost like movie storyline thing reminded me of the gorillas a lot. Um, and like the gorillas, there's a lot in there that is like, I, I don't know. It, it's another one of these MCR concept albums that the concept is not super clear and the narrative and what's happening isn't super clear. Um, I intentionally didn't read any genius annotations because I feel like those have too. ruined it so much for me in the last few albums. Mm-hmm. It was so distracting that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go into this one without any input. Yeah, me too. I read one thing like at the before I started listening. I was like, uh, "Evil Corporation." Nope, I'm not reading it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's supposedly it's about some like post-apocalyptic 
uh, California, set in 2019. Oh, spookity, spookity, spookity. Mm, mm, um, mm, that's where there's like here some, it is now. Oh, boy. And is it ever. And there's like some evil corporation that's running things, which, I mean, that's kind of already the world we live in. Um, yeah. Its name is Disney. Yes. And, uh, and uh-huh. so that... <laughs> uh-huh. oh, Cameron... <laughs> Gorsh. Gorsh, Mickey. We rule the world. Gorsh. <laughs> we have all their data, Mickey. <laughs> I can't do actual words. We just do the sound. <laughs> That's really good. Mm. I can't do words though. Um Yeah, and so there's it's this it's this group of young people called the Fabulous Killjoys, and they're the only ones who can resist some mind control or something. I don't know. It's hard to it's not you can't get any of this stuff from the lyrics themselves. So I wonder if it like it's again the eternal question of MCR. Is it all in the liner notes? How do people know what this album's about? Like, I, I kind of want to contrast it with one of my favorite albums, Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots by The Flaming mm-hmm. Lips. I fucking love The Flaming Lips, and I think that album does a great job of very clearly defining the setting and the story. And it's not like there's necessarily one overarching story for the entire album. There's, there is a sort of a through line, but they also have little vignette stories about like a robot that attains consciousness and learns to love or hmm. a uh, a dude who's visited by a time traveling version of himself, um, which are not necessarily connected to the actual story of Yoshimi. It's just kind of like th- this futuristic futurism world, um, and I feel like that album does a great job of grounding itself in specificity and telling you what's happening, what's going on, and uh, what the story is overall and in each song. And I've I, only heard I the one song. song. Uh, Yo, the Yoshimi Battles the of the Robots, the part titular one. one. Yeah, and that uh, one definitely lays it all out there. You know what they're singing about? Yeah, clear as day. Yeah, it's true. Her name is Yoshimi. She has She's a black, a black belt, belt in karate. karate. <laughs> Working for the city. She's got to discipline her body because she knows that <laughs> it'd be tragic if those evil robots win. Oh, Yoshimi. They don't believe me, but you won't let those robots eat me. Yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, I think that album might err a little bit on the side of uh, laying out the cards a little bit too uh, obviously. <laughs> if, if anything, it, it goes like slightly too far in being too upfront right. about it. But I, I, I don't know. It's like one of the few concept albums that I've listened to that actually is clear. Um, unless you want to get into some like the Rush stuff, Rush definitely had some Oof. prog rock, uh, rock operas that were extremely clear and very silly. <laughs> Have you listened to the? <laughs> this is a total side note, total tangent. Have you listened to the Rush song "The Trees"? Nope. Oh boy, it's so dumb. <laughs> it's an extended Ayn <laughs> R- Randian parable about the different kinds of trees. And how some trees grow up so tall that they block out the sun for the other trees. And so the trees below are get mad at the taller trees and they like fight them or something. It's really stupid. Gonna barf. Yeah, it's it's really dumb and it's all in service of like this bullshit um 
uh, fake meritocracy that <clears throat> is so prevalent among certain uh, political segments. Yuck. Yep. Um, so well, yeah. Well, shall we talk album. about Nanana? Na? Hmm? Not to be confused with Sha Na Na, the Sha-na-na. Woodstock band. That was a weird band. Because they didn't really have any original songs. They just kind of did weird doo-wop, right? Or did they? They just did, I, did like I don't weird know anything about them. They make fun of them on uh, Comedy Bang Bang. And on- that's it. That's all I know. Performing a song and dance repertoire based on 50s hit songs has been simultaneously reviving and parodying the music of 1950s New York street culture since the group's formation in 1969. They're a parody group? I guess so. It didn't seem like they were really parodying it much. I don't know, dude. It's, it's, that's so weird to like be, uh, recycling and parodying music from the last decade nathan yes nathan i I love you i I love you i i love you too we gotta we gotta move on (laughs) oh okay (laughs) i know i'm not in a hurry but i just can't talk about sean anymore well I, i was just gonna say it'd be so weird it'd be like a band in 2019 i guess here here's here's your segue uh, 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 re- recycling and parodying <laughs> music like My Chemical Romance. Stuff uh, yeah. from the, t- the decade of the 2000s, the aughts, as we say. It- it's just so, it's so close together. It's like, what are you guys doing? So, yeah. Yeah, I need to get more perspective. Um, so, this album came out 2010, the last My Chemical Romance record. Uh, <clears throat> I do not know the circumstances of their breakup after that. Although uh, Jerry Way, our old pal, uh, I think, I don't remember if he was making comics before this, but he made like a comic book sequel to this album that's about the fabulous Killjoys. Yes. Um, and then and, uh, he did uh, the Umbrella Academy. Yeah, it spells it out a little more. <laughs> yeah. One. Have I'd we be- talked about the Umbrella Academy? You t- you brought it to the box. You uh, it was in your box oh, one I? week, I think. You know, it's not very good, but there are elements of it that are really great. Um, specifically, there's this one kid in it, and I think the actor is like re- is fifteen, and he's playing a fifteen year old, or at least if he's not fifteen, he acts fifteen really well. And basically, like he is a time traveler, and he's like in his mind, he's like 50. And, Mm -hmm. um, because of the way time traveling works in this universe, he comes back in his, um, 15 year old body. Um, and he's incredible. And the rest of that show is like a lot of big yawns, but he's amazing. He's like the most precocious young actor. So charismatic. He's great. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost worth watching just for that. I wonder how much Jerry Way is actually involved in the production because he's listed as an executive producer, but doesn't seem to be wow. listed as anything else. Mary J. Blige is in it too, and she's pretty great. Interesting. But um, other than that, it's it's a pretty dumb show. Also, there's an incredible CGI monkey in it, like a, a monkey butler that talks. That's looks incredible. I can't believe they had enough money to make a monkey that looks that good. Wow. Dude, this uh 
I was just looking up at the the Wikipedia article for the Umbrella Academy comics. So those were released 2007 to 2013. Um, so that was while Jerry Way was in yeah. My Chemical Romance and before the the Fabulous Killjoys. Uh, it's very gothy, emo-y in terms of art. Mm. It's like kind of a little bit Edward Gorey-ish. Is that what the show is? Like, is it kind of gothy, emo-y? No, it's not. I mean, it's more gothy than... Well, goth, it's... I don't know. Maybe it's gothic. It has some sort of steampunk elements, but not gothy in the like studs okay. kind of way. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. I would say like everyone's wearing like school uniforms a lot of the time. Oh, that sounds hot. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been trying to tra- transition to na 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 for so long now. And that was my fault because I brought up umbrella academy that was on me yeah cameron you want to talk about shauna na 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 no i want to talk about 12 nas 12 nas that's i want to talk about three three nas times nine nas that's my favorite hip-hop supergroup nine nas 12 nas it's it's nine isn't it it's oh no you're right it's 12 12 band-aids it's 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 12 you're right fuck because then it fits into the four 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 time signature. So listener you've immediately heard a change in the sound of my chemical romance that is not very emo-y it's not even very That's a rock and roll band yeah it's but it's like elect it's like um what it, how do you say uh it's a specific kind of like dance electro dance poppy rock like it's not even the same kind of rock and roll as they're making on the last album which was kind of like theatrical um yeah like uh, almost it feels uh, more musical like stuff. Turn of the century pop punk kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this um opens with the radio dude saying the future is bulletproof. The aftermath is secondary. It's time to do it now and do it loud. Killjoys, make some noise. And just like on the last album, welcome or the Black Parade, uh, My Chemical Romance adopts uh the alter egos of a group. In this case, it's the Killjoys. And uh, the Killjoys are characters in this album, I guess. Uh, it's kind of unclear who are they and what they're doing and what's happening. Um, but it's it's the idea is like the band is the Killjoys. And so when they're singing na 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 that's the Killjoys doing that, I guess. I wonder how much... It seemed like from Wikipedia that a lot of this... That this album had a lot of videos... Like, in fact, maybe all of the songs had, like, music videos or something? I wasn't quite sure about that. Uh, I looked. I didn't watch any of them, but uh, I don't think all of them did. But there were definitely, like, three or four, at least. I see. So, again, like the Gorillas, I wonder how much of the experience <coughs> of the album is meant to be um, enhanced or contextualized by the music videos. Yeah. Because that, that was a pretty big deal for Gorillas. Well, I'm definitely more, I mean, maybe we should have watched those, but I'm kind of interested in, you know, listening to the album on its own merit. Like, 
you know, it's like if you want to make comic books, just make comic books, <laughs> you know, right. work with the medium that you're in, you know, I guess so to an extent, to an extent. Yeah. Do you like this song? I like this song a lot. Um, it's all right. Huh? Do you Good like question. the lyrics? Not really. Drugs. Give me drugs. Give me drugs. I don't need it, but I'll sell you. I'll sell what you got. Take the cash and I'll keep it. Eight legs to the wall. Hit the gas. Kill them all. And we crawl and we crawl and we crawl. You be my detonator. It's like, I don't really know who you're talking to and why you want them to give you drugs. I feel like I have enough. So I feel like this is, it could sound like a poetic bluff, but I think it actually pays out for me at least. Um, Like, I feel like I know what they're talking about in a poetic way. You think so? Uh, I think so. So they're the killjoys, right? Yeah. Um, They're, and this is the extent to which I think they're emo in this album. Um, they're refusing to be sort of uh, sedated or satisfied or happy in conventional ways that society wants them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're saying things like, uh, you know, I'm not going to take these drugs to like um, tamp down my feelings. Um, they're saying, uh, you know, love, give me love. That's the second verse. Um, like, I'm not going to just like pursue conventional things to like, um, fit in, um, like conventional relationships or things like that. And then this chorus, you know, with the na na na's from mall security to every enemy we're on your property standing in V formation. That's just sort of like a kind of a vaguer, like little, little images of a sort of this like anarchistic, attitude um towards Mm. um doing what's expected of them and i i think it's pretty fun and i feel like they're playing with the rock music genre um you know they're like putting on the costume of being rebellious rock stars and i think it kind of works all together i especially like this third verse um i think i have a, a sample of it it's the one that says more emo label issuing. Okay, interesting. <clears throat> that is yeah. Oh, let me tell you about the sad man. Shut up and let me see your jazz hands. Remember you when you were a madman? Thought you was Batman and hit the party with a gas can? Kiss me, you animal. So I'm not crazy about the last part. I think it's like kind of fun and silly and stupid, but I really like the <laughs> the couplet. Oh, let me tell you about the sad man. Shut up and let me see your jazz hands. I feel like that's sort of... <laughs> uh, well... It seems related to the like, to the emo label that they have, you know. Oh, let me tell you about the sad man. Shut up and let me see your jazz hands. I think is uh, funny. <laughs> <laughs> it seems somehow related to like their relationship to uh, having an emo label. I can't necessarily put my finger on it, but hmm. um, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be very specific. But I think it's funny. 
to say shut up and let me see your jazz hands <laughs> that's a funny thing to demand <laughs> yeah <laughs> that that's that is silly yes <laughs> yeah i don't know i was kind of i was kind of sold on this song okay uh and a, a lot of it was because of the music um i think uh it has a very you know there, there was a certain you know punk slash classic rock kind of like revival period in rock music in the aughts Mm -hmm. like white stripes and jet and like the darkness and kind of bands like this right they were channeling some of that like hey we're just going to be you know like guitar drums and bass um and we're going to be the pop musicians for a minute Mm -hmm. and that was what was popular for a minute and they're kind of channeling some of that vibe um i think i have a, a sample of that like what i mean by that a good example uh, yes here it is yeah it really you know, is so that, that's like a you know that's based on like a, a more typical like blues rock like progression. Um, like the chord changes that they're using, you know, it's in, it's technically in a minor key, but it's minor pentatonic. So it feels like it's implying not a natural minor scale, like and it's upbeat, but technically in a minor key. Cause it's using sort of a blues scale. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it get, the song gets really interesting when it goes to the chorus because you're not necessarily hearing it as minor in the way that one typically thinks about minor, like gloomy or sad because it's so upbeat and it's in that blues sort of tonality. But it does key change to the relative major mm. for the chorus, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a really interesting sound because it's... <laughs> It's like saying, hey, technically we have been in minor this whole time and now we're going to the major. And it that isn't a direction that I would typically expect a the white stripes or the or jet or the darkness kind of band to go. And it feels more like polyphonic spree or like a, a different genre, which I, I, I think that's pretty interesting. Also, so it's going to go to the in the in this next sound sample, it's going to go to the relative major. Um, and then uh, m- meaning the major key that shares the same notes, mm-hmm. um, but it's just recontextualizing them in a major key. Um, and then in the middle of the chorus, it's pre- sort of pretending like it's going to go back uh, to the minor key because it plays the five chord. Uh, the major five chord of the minor key, which we've been talking about so much on the show, kind of beating it to death. Um, Mm -hmm. But then it doesn't do that. It goes back to the relative major, which is another deceptive cadence. So I think that's pretty engaging musically and helps sell this. um, Yeah. Like anarchic um, refusing to be, you know, pinned down to one kind of genre uh, song. Hmm. Major. 
the na-na's in the major key really do sound like polyphonic spree. Yeah. It's like really upbeat all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I think the song gets really interesting at the end of the chorus because it does another deceptive cadence, but to ev- an even more kind of bizarre chord. Um, it goes to the minor four chord when you think it's going to go to the minor one chord and it goes there first, which is a really just a really strange choice. It is kind of the least, the least resolved you could go. Um, Mm -hmm. but before it goes back into the minor one, Hmm. doesn't really come through on Skype very well, but hopefully in the sound sample. Yeah. You could hear it. I heard it okay. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I think it goes da na 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 before it goes da. Yeah. So I was pretty engaged by all of that and I think that helped me buy a lot of the um buy into a lot of the uh poetic bluffs. <laughs> And to think that they're actually not bluffing. So. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely like yeah. pretty dynamic musically. Um, I just, I don't know. There's some swipe at a narrative here in the bridge and right here, right now, all the way in battery city, the little children raise their open filthy palms, like tiny daggers up to heaven and all the juvie halls and the Ritalin rats ask angels made from neon and fucking garbage scream out what will save us and the sky opened up everybody wants to change the world everybody wants to change the world but no one no one wants to die want to try one try want to try one try now i'll be your detonator so it doesn't really go anywhere with that yeah i don't really know what to make about that part yeah i mean i think overall i'm just kind of like fairly disappointed with mcr lyrics well, um, I'm the one who hates this album. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the one that's trying to like, Cameron, like sell this song. I'm not and, mad. I'm just like disappointed. It? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I had high hopes for them. I wanted Jerry yeah. to be a poet. God damn it. Wasn't right. even a race car driver in the end. Not in the end. Although he does drive some sort of car in these music videos, I think. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, having a car love that vroom vroom bitches beep beep <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk about bulletproof heart because that's the other song you like uh yeah and then i'm just gonna like i don't know go make dinner while you talk about the rest of this album oh great because i can definitely handle having the entire weight of the show on me oh, i definitely oh, oh. won't be boring or <laughs> dumb or bad or floundering at all great. sure i was hoping you'd say that yeah okay so bulletproof heart Yeah, this definitely sounds like, I don't know, Blink-182 or something. <clears throat> not, maybe not Blink-182, but something like that. I got some of those vibes. Yeah. Yeah? I could hear that. Okay. Yeah. 
So chorus is gravity. Don't mean too much to me. I'm who I've got to be. These pigs are after me. After you run away like it was yesterday. And we could run away if we could run away. Run away from here. This is like a sexy teen song, right? Like, uh, let's go run away together from all this. It's like the graduate uh, from all. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, wait, were you the one I was just having a conversation about the graduate with? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Maybe it was Rachel. I was explaining it. Yeah. I was like, I was like explaining the whole, the whole deal about the, the very final shot of the movie and how much of a gut punch it is. How brilliant it is. So good. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I've, I've heard a rumor that, um, the actors were not told that that was going to happen. And so I think they, the urban myth, which may or may not be true is that, they said like cut or made some indication that the shot was over or, but then they just kept filming or something like that. I don't know if that's actually true. It's very like, it's very much like the end of uh, what's it called? Call uh, me by your name. Oh, interesting. I still haven't Call seen Call me that. by your name ends on an entire song um, with one shot that's not moving and without anybody moving in the, in the shot. Hmm. And it's amazing. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I've been got to see that movie, man. I got to see really it. Really good. I have the means. I can see it. Uh, you have no excuse. <laughs> I got a bulletproof heart. You got a hollow point smile. I'm going to chalk that Cute. up to uh, so, uh, lyrics that almost make sense and lyrics that, uh, sound sort of good but if you think about them for even one second they kind of fall apart i think it i think there's a kind of logic to it he's saying there's a kind that of normally logic. people well he he he's saying that like normally people can't get get through to me they can't get under my skin they can't like affect me emotionally i got a bulletproof heart you've got a hollow point smile meaning can't hollow point bullets like pierce uh, bulletproof uh, I, vests and stuff? I don't know. Because they kind of explode on the impact. I actually don't know. I think they do. But I've played some video games in the past. <laughs> you have? Some Good militaristic video games in my day. Not a lot. Yeah. Not as much as some. I think a hollow point bullet can maybe get through bulletproof stuff. So he's like, I'm tougher, but you're, you can get through like my uh, barriers. Hmm. Okay. I think that's what he's saying. All right. Well, I just think that if you try to picture it on a literal level, it's total nonsense. Why, why the hell would you do that? It's a poem <laughs> because it's a metaphor. You idiot. That's what a metaphor is for. I don't know. It's, it's like, it's like too many steps into the metaphor. I think for me, it's like, there's, if you try okay, to picture other what's than, literally going on, it's like total nonsense. You, <laughs> Cameron's getting mad. <laughs> All right, so we were fighting, and I just want to say to everyone, I'm sorry for getting mad. It's just that Nathan's <sighs> gets really obtuse sometimes, and uh, and it really makes me mad. And I'm sorry. It's just that he deserves it. <laughs> That's I mean, all. That's all I have to say. I can't argue with that. <laughs> okay. Sometimes people are just uh, perp- like obtuse jack jack holes on purpose. You know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's okay, just the way cool. things I'm are. I'm glad you understand. <laughs> Cameron, it's kind of like the scorpion and the frog a little bit, you know? 
here we are swimming this wide river of podcast dumb and uh i convinced uh-huh. you to take me across on your back and as we swim as you swim me across i sting you in your back repeatedly and you're like dude what the fuck and i'm like hey it's in my nature i'm a fucking scorpion it's what i do it's what i do bro gotta sting gotta sting with a my fucking tail. sting bro what's the other what's the point of having this thing yeah i gotta yeah, sting. I gotta, what i'm what, just gonna sit here and not sting people with it sting frogs and so the moral of the story is we you both drown i gotta sting <laughs> So now we're both drowned. Now what? All right, bold, bulletproof heart. Yes. Uh, so yeah, this is like a hey, let's run away together, um, kind of song, and I think it's pretty fun. And for for the most part, it's like kind of just cute, and the chord progression and the music is just very level, and like it stays in the key signature, and it's like. Um, I think I don't remember exactly, but I think it's something like one minor six, four, five, which is the, if it's not that it's something really similar and it's like either the most common (laughs) chord progression in pop music or the second most common, it's like up there, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but it gets to the bridge and it gets really intense all of a sudden, you know, and the lyrics are like, and though I know how much you hate this, are you going to be the one to save us from the black and hopeless feeling? Will you mean it when the end comes reeling, hold your heart into this darkness? Will it ever be the light to shine you out or fail and leave you uh, stranded? I'm not going to be the one left standing. You know, it's, it's, you know, I, it's not my favorite lyrics, but it's like, it gets a lot more, like high stakes and dramatic. And I think the music hmm. uh, really supports it. Cameron, you were quibbling um, last time with, with uh, how high stakes and dramatic it instantly got uh, in the parade thing. It was like, son, are you going to be the one to save the damned and the broken and fight your demons and stuff? And you didn't like that when it got really cosmic and shit, but it seems like you do like it here. I think that this story is about two young people being dramatic. That's what it is about. Interesting. Well, I was, Whereas I, was gonna I feel say, like sorry. a perfect opportunity to talk about a father son, a subtle father son bonding moment was kind of ruined by like this, like really lofty talking. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I, wa- like, I was, you know, teens together are going to like zoom out, you know, and like just feel like it, everything it, it matters. Like, right. well, no, like nothing matters except for us right now. And like the decisions we make. I think that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, w- I was going to say that this, this song has a lot of very high schoolery sounding lyrics. So you're giving me hope that maybe it was an, in- it was intentionally written that way. I think so. Maybe. And, and especially cause the, the chord progression goes from like this, like, you know, kind of dumb blink One Eighty Two, like, um, uh, very, soft and emotional your gravity don't mean too much to me you know like the kind of dumb power ballad uh and the bridge totally changes uh it goes it basically starts using all borrowed chords and i want to talk about what borrowed chords are for like a long time mm, <laughs> so a long time we've been talking about <clears throat> we've been talking a lot about um relative majors and minors um, because MCR messes around with that a lot. 
Um, and the idea is um, you can take one set of notes and you can decide that any one of those notes in the scale that you're using can be the center, the tonal center of the song where it's going to kind of return back to there and you set up the expectation that it's going to resolve to this note. Um, and the most common notes in our culture are the, you know, the first note of the major scale or the sixth note of the major scale. If you start on the sixth note, then it's all of a sudden a minor scale instead. Mm -hmm. It's the same notes, just starting on a different uh, part of the scale and recontextualizing the same notes. Um, but a, uh, Another way to approach songwriting um, and to change keys is the parallel major and minor. Meaning, um, so if you're in the key of C major, and then you go to the key of C minor instead. So it has the same tonic note, the same note that you go back to, but all of the rest of the notes are, well, not all of them are different, but a lot of them are different. So <clears throat> uh, specifically the third sixth and seventh notes are all lowered. So instead of do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, it goes do, re, me, fa, sol, le, te, do. So those three notes are uh, flat instead, um, depending, you know, they're lowered by a half step. So it that's um, can be a really awesome tool, especially when you borrow chords from the parallel minor. So what this song does in the bridge is it's in a major key, but it's using chords that are in the parallel minor key. So um, it uses a flat six chord and a flat seven chord and a flat three chord, namely. Um, yeah, so I have a, I think I have a sample. Oh, the, the first part that this is introduced is at the end of, uh, I think it's like the second chorus um, there is this synth part that starts to use borrowed notes from the parallel minor. Mm. So you want to play that first? Sure. Oh, that's spooky sound. all those dissonant kind of minor key notes. Yeah. The spooky yeah. sounding. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it gets really intense all of a sudden. I think it's really effective and it sounds pretty cool. Um, so I have a big sound sample, uh, and this is the second half of the bridge. Um, and you can hear all of these borrowed chords and I'll do my best to like say what chords they're going to as they do it. Um, so listen for the borrowed chords. Also, there's this big, um, buildup that happens when he's singing. I'm not going to be the one left standing. You aren't going to be the one left standing. We aren't going to be the ones left standing. And um, he go, he's going back and forth between a flat six, a flat major six chord and a flat major seven chord. And that sound is like, it's kind of like that video game. It's like this sound. Ah. You know, it's like that. <laughs> Mario. <laughs> you know? Um, Mario. He, he's, he's taking that idea and and stretching it out. Um, and But he's changing the bass I'm saying he, and I mean they, they're changing the bass note. So, you know, they'll go from a flat six chord over the one 
and then to a flat seven chord over the second note of the scale, and then to a flat six chord over the flat third note of the scale. They're, so they're going up the scale in the bass, but just going back and forth between these two chords. And it's this like big epic sound until they get back to gravity, da-na-na, don't mean to, and they get back to the chorus. Um, and I think it's just really fun and dramatic and theatrical and well put together. And in that last course, they do a bunch of reharmonizations and I'll try to point those out when we get to him. Hmm. And then he just sings, yeah, at one point <laughs> and it's super fun. <laughs> so here's a big sound sample. I'll talk a little bit over it. Okay, here we go. So this is flat six to one, flat six. One, here's flat three, flat seven, flat six, here's the build up, over the flat three, and four, flat six, flat seven, here goes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So this is a normal course. And then this chord coming up here is totally different. It's a two chord. Another build up. Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like super dramatic. I think it channels like, you know, teen, like how dramatic teens feel. Yeah. <laughs> Like, very effectively. I felt this way all the time. And uh, I think they do a good job at, yeah, mm -hmm. channeling that energy. Yeah. Um, Cameron, now, when... Uh, I wonder if you have a read on when bands write songs like this that have borrowed chords or uh, have unusual chords, if um, you think that they're doing that from, like, a theoretical standpoint, like, they know how to do it from a music theory or they're doing it by ear or um, like, are they just doing it kind of randomly? Like what's your read on that? That's a great question. Um, good job, Nathan. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Good question. <laughs> uh, so I think, I don't think MCR is doing anything that's unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Like this kind of thing is totally, you know, uh, you could you could hear it in Bowie or the Beatles or Queen. Um, just yeah, any band that's leaving the chord, leaving the chords in the um, that that are in the chord progression, like in, in the key that they're in. You know, changing keys and borrowing chords. Like I don't I don't think that's anything that's like, you know. Uh, revolutionary is just not necessarily common, especially in a pop punk setting, which is the genre that they're operating in right, right here. Um, so you can sometimes hear in a, in a rock band, um, you know, it sounds like they're taking a movable chord on their guitar and like a power chord or a bar chord, and they're just moving it around and experimenting. Um, and that's the way that they're approaching their composition. Mm -hmm. 
like they're just taking a shape and moving it until they find something cool. Uh-huh. Um, but then other times you hear these borrowed chords that are put to, put together in a way that feel like more like a they have there's a larger plan. Mm. Um, and like an, uh, at least a more intuitive understanding about how music works. And if not theoretical, like a theoretical in its intuition, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, like I've said before that everyone knows these rules who, who listens to any pop music at all. You all know, like you all understand intuitively these like sort of musical references that they're making and the way that they're interacting with um, harmonic expectation. Like everyone is trained to ha- to understand these things um, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe it doesn't work with everyone, but like everyone kind of gets what's going on. And then it's whether or not you are able to either with your musical intuition, find those chords or with your musical theory knowledge, compose it. I see. But either way can work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess that's kind of a roundabout answer. But I think especially with this thing where they're going, you know, flat six to flat seven, but they're changing the the, the note. They're not just playing the, the same root note in the bass. They're like going up a scale and... Uh, they're using chord inversions to make a line like that kind of thing I think is more sophisticated and it would lead me to think that they have a, um, yeah, enough of an understanding of music theory to like make that decision. Like they're saying, Oh yeah, we're going to do chord inversions in order to take this very dramatic thing and keep building it up and keep heightening it. Mm -hmm. Like it seems like it's a tool that's in their toolbox that they're using on purpose. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's what I would say. Okay. That's a very good and very well considered answer, Cameron. Thank you. It's very enlightening. You're welcome, listener, dear listeners, and Nathan. I'm a listener too, Nathan. Pal. Right now is a. I listen to what you listener. were saying. I listen to okay. the whole damn thing, Cam. Yeah. The whole thing. Okay. Um. Let's see. Uh. Do you have more to say about this al or this song rather, or do you want to move on to a different? Uh. One? Nope. Yeah, you you pick one. I pick one. Uh, let's talk about Sing, the next song. I hate this song. Great. Just like low five. It sounds... Well, okay. This song sounds a lot like Incubus. Like, uh, there was that one <laughs> Incubus had a radio hit when I was in high school. I forget what it was called. It was called Drive, I think. It sounded a lot like this um, in terms of, like, musical content, but also that weird, like, lo-fi thing that, that uh, he was doing. Yeah. Very Incubus. <laughs> so tired of that. Yeah. And much like that Incubus song, this one has kind of an asinine uh, positive message. Sing it for the boys. Sing it for the girls. Every time that you lose it, sing it for the world. Sing it from your heart. Sing it till you're nuts. Sing it for the ones that'll hate your guts. <laughs> blah, 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 Dance like nobody's watching. Sing nuts, like guys. the deaf people are listening to you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not my favorite. 
I think I think sing it till you're nuts is funny is a funny thing to say. Do you think they intend that to be funny? Because <laughs> it is pretty silly. No, but I think it's dumb and funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no argument from me there. That's the only part of this song that I like. I like that they rhyme the word nuts with guts. Yep, <laughs> and then they sing sing it till you're nuts. <laughs> Till you're totally cuckoo in your in your in your noggin. Till you're totally cuckoo banana pants. Yeah. <laughs> Till you're batty. Yeah, it's like the lyrical equivalent of like you know twirling your finger around your ear <laughs> to signal that someone's <laughs> totally lost it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sing That's it till silly. you're bonkers, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really silly um yeah there's not much to the song lyrically um there's a little bit of like really vague like talking about the issues but keeping it funky um in this ver- third verse which i think is pretty unforgivable it's pretty bad cleaned up corporation progress dying in the process children that can talk about it living on the webways Ugh. people moving sideways uh. tell it till your last days buy yourself a motivation generation nothing nothing but a dead scene product of a white dream i am not the singer that you wanted buy it but a dancer i refuse to answer talk about the past sir uh. <laughs> that's just a the worst run oh. wrote it for the ones who want to get away keep running that rhyme Sing it is for the boys. so good in hamilton but so bad in this song yeah um the the sir rhyme rather um this is so weird because he says i am not the singer that you wanted but a dancer but the whole song is about singing and he's ta- he's exhorting everyone to sing <laughs> Sing it. I'm not. I'm not a singer, but I want you to yeah, sing. Yeah, everyone it else sing. I don't do that. Not me. Not me. I, I dance. Everyone else needs to sing. Someone sing so I can dance. Yeah. <laughs> dance like no one is singing. Uh, yeah, this is pretty bad. Um, living on the webways is that supposed to be an internet reference, Cameron? It absolutely is. It, Gross. But, but from a grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kids these days are just living on the webways. Uh, people moving sideways <laughs> generation nothing is is this the frank sinatra song that they're trying to write <laughs> <laughs> oh boy that's probably what frank sinatra would be singing about if he was alive today these kids on their internets <laughs> <laughs> yep um Oh, boy. Uh, you have a sound sample for this one, don't you? Oh, it's Nuts and Guts. It's Nuts let's, and Guts. Let's bust a gut and bust a nut. Here we go. Oh, boy. It sounds like he's saying sing it to your nuts. Yeah, <laughs> sing it to your own nuts. La 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 la! Right at your own balls. Just a bunch of like teenagers, like bent over and screaming at their own genitals. Yeah, it's easier if you remove a rib. Blah blah blah. Yes, yes, yes. Low hanging fruit. Blah blah blah. Perfunctory. <laughs> Perfunctory reference. Low hanging fruit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Lazy, lazy jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's my mo. Yeah. Uh, we all know where this is yeah. headed. <laughs> or straight to the balls. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, okay. Uh, I don't have anything else to say about this song. What do you want to uh, talk about next? Well, um, Planetary Go, I think, is pretty similar, so I don't necessarily think we should talk about it. He's just kind of being a maverick. It, it's more of that, like, it's it's great that you're being rebellious, but so really great. anyone could sort of use this, like, rebellious spirit and apply it to anything. <laughs> it's just like Imagine Dragons. They're just being Imagine Dragons. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They imagined the uh, dragons first. I think this is a big ping on the pander meter. Oh, yeah. Just pandering to like generic like youth uh ideas when before i felt like they were more or less challenging like rebellious youth like or like they're challenging emo ideas you know like i felt i felt like they were more challenging in the past and this one just feels like pandering yeah uh maybe party poison party poison let's do it i think that one's kind of interesting This also sounds like um, not necessarily the darkness, but like the hives and, and the white. Are you gonna be my girl? Jets, bum, bum, the white, the white bum, stripes. Down now. Uh, <laughs> as a side note, I uh, back when I ever used Twitter, one of I was I was very proud of a joke where I was like, "All right, I'm gonna list band names from an alternate universe in which Jack White is very fat." And um, so <laughs> one of them was the wide stripes. Um, okay. <laughs> and the other one that I can remember was the bacon turs. That's very good. <laughs> Back when Twitter was good, you know? Back when people had fun on there instead of just yelling at everyone and then Nazis showed up. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, yeah. You liked Twitter before it was Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a hipster. Such a I hipster. was into it before <laughs> Nazis were all over it uh yeah uh so what is this i i feel like you don't have to change the title of the hardest button to button (laughs) that just sort of sounds like a fat song yeah (laughs) that's a great point (laughs) that one do you can leave it alone oh yes that's a very good point oh boy um i never liked that band there were people lots of people like them and i was just like "Eh, i'm bored kind of how i feel about this song a little bit although this one has a a little bit more fun stuff going on everybody pay attention to me i got the answer i got the answer yeah streetwalk and cheetah with a capital g uh so either it's a it's a silent g or it's uh like like for david bory or it's uh he mispronounced it and it's supposed to be streetwalking gita (laughs) okay you don't think it's Chiga? Chiga? <laughs> Wait, it's a capital G in the middle of the word? Cheetag. <laughs> Cheetag. <laughs> Wait, isn't, isn't Gita, that's the name of the girl in um, Castle in the Sky, right? I don't remember. That's my second least favorite uh, Miyazaki movie. Really? People really like that movie. Um... 
I think it's pretty good. I don't have a defense. I just didn't do it. Didn't check any boxes for Oh, me. Shita is what I'm thinking of, not Gita. Shit. You plebeian. That's true. I'm <laughs> filthy casual. Uh, I liked yeah. it pretty well. It's too long, honestly. There's a lot of like meandering um, stuff that could have been cut. Uh, what are your thoughts on Shia LaBeouf? Oh, isn't he Cameron. the boy? Now who's the filthy casual, Cameron? Dubs, not subs. Dubs, not subs. No, fuck. Subs, not yeah. dubs. God damn it. I second guessed myself and I said the wrong thing because I'm a fucking moron. God damn it. Oh, I'm so fucking stupid. Nah, yeah, I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I like Ghibli dubs. Uh, Any, All the rest of the dubs can uh, eat a big one, but I like Ghibli eat dubs. Eat a big really one? Well. A big bagel? A big pizza? Yeah. <laughs> that's what i mean <laughs> uh um yeah anyway uh uh party poison so get your hands up now get your hands up yeah hide your eyes we're going to shine tonight subatomic never got the best of me ain't a dj gonna save my soul i sold it long ago for rock and roll drop the needle when the tape deck blows i gotta shout this out so everybody knows that's kind of a good lyric drop the needle when the take tape deck blows that's pretty fun i yeah, guess i like yeah. that those are some nice like uh specificities chorus this ain't a party get off the dance floor you want the get down here comes the gang war you're doing all right i got the answer because all the good times they give you cancer if we were all like you in the end we'd be killing ourselves by sleeping in so hit the lights i'll do it again and keep your cars and your dogs and your famous friends well all right i feel like the chorus kind of goes off the yeah, rails there li- at the <laughs> second half um i don't really know what it's talking about there but it feels like this is from the killjoys yeah they're complaining about about these party animals or something well are they because it's like i don't know it's hard to say if they're like saying we want us to like turn up the music and party or if we're gonna shut down the party maybe because they have the lyric um ain't a dj gonna save my soul my soul i sold it long ago for rock and roll maybe this is like a bob seeger kind of thing like i want that old time rock and roll that type of music just soothes the soul ah yes um oh i guess yeah that could be throwback because like drop the needle when the tape deck blows i guess they're gonna and they're just gonna keep going back until it's wax cylinders and then it's uh, player pianos and then it's just sheet music. <laughs> all, all the newer forms of technology just keep breaking and they revert to the older one. Uh, oral tradition when the sheet music fades. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, because it's I don't know. Slide up the faders when the cabinet slams and get your hands up now. Get your hands up. Light up the stage and watch me kick out the jams. So throw your fist up now. Throw your fist up. But then he also says, this ain't a party, get off the dance floor. So are they kind of transitioning? Make the, up your mind, Gerard. Are they transitioning the partying and the dancing into like violence? A little bit of that old ultra violence? I don't know. What do you think about the Japanese voiceovers in this? Ah, it reminded me very much of Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots. Uh, uh-huh. But... Uh, less um less of a point to it i don't know you have a sound sample of I, it. I like the translation in the bridge that says you want to be famous seriously 
I want to live forever. I'm going to explode. That's what it says. <laughs> I was at yeah. the genius. They according uh, to the genius, uh, they translate it. Ah, <laughs> that's pretty funny to me. I like that pretty well. That's pretty funny. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to explode. <laughs> There's a couple a uh, couple other ones. We dance with everyone until our bodies are sore. And apparently in the intro uh in Japanese she says, "Everyone, the car has a full tank, so we're packing the explosives in a suitcase. Life is short and there are many dangers on the roads we travel, so let's dance." I don't know. I'd yeah. I, it's hard for me not to see that as like kind of um slightly exploitative if not like tokenizing it's there's like it doesn't really go anywhere it's not really built on it doesn't i don't know how much it adds to the album she's not like actually a character she just kind of shows up here it kind of feels like my chemical romance was like Dude, wouldn't it be like super cool and like hilarious if we just got like a Japanese girl on this song? That's kind of how it feels to me. I don't know. I know what you're talking about. I can't necessarily put my finger on. <laughs> I think we're maybe, I mean, I'm just, I know at least I'm conditioned to be suspicious in general about this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if someone is using an element from another culture for no apparent reason, like one could say, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but like, maybe that's what people would have used to say, uh, said, or would have said in the past, but now it's just sort of like, Hey, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. I was, I was thinking about this, uh, recently because I think it was on Yo's This Racist. Someone was actually talking about Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots and how, uh-huh. uh, there were some people who criticized it for being appropriative or kind of tokenizing. And the hosts, if I remember right, uh, Tawny and Andrew, uh, um, were saying that like, I think especially Tawny was defending it a little bit saying that like, no, this is the album's actually based around this character. And this character is based on a fan of the flaming lips who was Japanese. And I think they got her to like provide the voiceover or something. So it felt like a lot more honest and connected and grounded and like based on something rather than just like randomly throwing. They're not just taking, Yeah, they're not just like taking and like reducing this person into almost like a, um, like comic relief sidekick, I guess, which is kind of how it feels right. on this song a little bit. If not like necessarily comic relief, but it just like, you know, cutesy little like flourish in some way. I don't know. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, uh, smash mouth and that one, the, which album was it? The Fush you mang. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> With with their like uh, uh, like Asian looking font yeah. for Fush You Mang. <laughs> I don't think it's quite as bad as this Smash Mouth, but it's not as bad yeah. as that. <laughs> but yeah, that was pretty pretty uh, dumb. If nothing else, <laughs> yeah. if it was not if it was not racist or offensive or or appropriative or in other ways bad, it was at least very dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, let's see. Do you want to talk about Destroya? I, you can talk about Destroyer and I'll respond to you. Actually, I, yeah, for the last like six songs, I, I just seriously have nothing to say. I was so bored by, by them. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Instead of that, let's talk about Vampire Money, the very last song on the album, huh? Okay. Yeah. So apparently, according to Wikipedia, their summary for this album, this song was written in response to the producers of the Twilight movie coming to My Chemical Romance and asking them to write a song for the Twilight movie. And they were just like, what? Mm. Fuck no. Uh, Gerard says, it's not really an anti-Twilight song as much as it's anti-anything you don't want to be a part of anymore that people keep asking you to be a part of that you've grown oh, out so of. Oh, so very specific Any then. kind of cool cultural thing that eventually just becomes processed to the point where it just turns into selling sex to children, just selling whatever to children. It's about anything like that. It's directly about my experience living in a world with being asked to be a part of that. So it is an anti-Twilight <laughs> song. <laughs> Come on, when you gonna when you want to be a movie star, play the game and take the band real far. Play it right and drive a Volvo car. Ugh, that's a pretty bad rhyme. Pick a fight at an airport bar. The kids don't care if you're all right, honey. Pills don't help, but it sure is funny. Gimme, give gimme give some of that vampire money. Come on. Uh, so- I like the line, three, two, one, we came to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty Everybody good. party till the gas man comes. Sparkle like Bowie in the morning sun and get a parking violation on La Brea till it's done. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I kind of like that, especially in the context of this song. Yeah. Like, uh, like they're performing this, like, yeah, they're, they're being like rock stars. Three, two, one, we came to fuck, you know? Uh, and then the sparkle like Bowie is like a, obviously a twilight reference because they sparkle instead of burn to death in the twilight universe. Um, and then it's like, Oh, and at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, we got a parking violation because we were just like, it's just another day in the studio. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's funny. That is pretty funny. Yeah. It's, it's like kind of debatable how self-aware this song is, but if it is the self-aware to that extent, I like it. Um, uh, there's this repeated line, sing it like the kids that are mean to you. I'm not sure how to parse that grammatically. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, dog. Um, it does lend some credence to Jerry being a vampire because when you're a vampire, all mm-hmm. your money is vampire money. It's like when you're in China, you, just, you don't have to ask for Chinese food. It's, it's just food. You just say food. <laughs> You know, and like all those <laughs> hacky comedian bits that are <laughs> about that, you know. This is, this is great. I love this. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so fresh. Uh, <laughs> uh, white people be like this. <laughs> okay, what other hack bits from the 90s? Oh, I guess airplane wrong. food is the proverbial one. Um, uh-huh. 
the outro is funny oh wait oh i'm such an idiot our music is way too loud gonna have to turn it down a little i'm sorry yeah not cute yeah this does not feel like it's part of the concept of this concept album it feels like uh my chemical romance is literally reverting back to their mcr selves and writing an mcr song where they directly talk to their audience about their own careers so that's kind of an odd choice to be the closer on this song There's a song in the, I guess, one of the extended versions called uh, We Don't Need Another Song About California. Mm. And I think that, I didn't listen to it, but I think that's a great title. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. Um, as a side note, I've heard that the Twilight movies are actually very good. Um, oh, interesting. I've, I've heard the opposite and and the same and everywhere in between oh well well the truth lies somewhere in between um no i've heard that they actually are kind of subversive takes on the source material and uh oh interesting kind of undermine it and deconstruct it as they go um Hmm. kind of like in a similar way to starship troopers and how a lot of people thought that movie was a really stupid uh, like f- proto-fascist action movie when in fact that's exactly what it was critiquing. So right. I've heard that that may be the case for the Twilight movie, but I have not seen them. You, so who knows? You're the person who I think introduced me to Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. Oh, really? Interesting. Cause I think we watched Starship Troopers and Robocop together. Both of them? you wanted to watch them and you were like, Hey, I've been, uh, I, I hear that this, uh, dumb action movie isn't actually dumb. It is actually a smart movie for smart people. <laughs> I was like, great. I'll watch. It sounds fun. Uh huh. And what did, did you think it was? Uh, did you agree? yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's sort of yeah, what totally, I got. To. I totally got it. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, I understood every, I was, I'm, I'm very smart too. Yeah. It's I'm just, area, area. Areolus. That's what it is. Erotic? Areola. Aura. Aurora. Areolite. Yeah. Something like that. It's just such a bizarre situation because people had seen Robocop not that long before, like I think less than a decade before. And every, like all the critics were like, oh yeah, this is obviously a, a, um, like social commentary on violence in action movies. And then it's like yeah. the critics all forgot who Paul Verhoeven was by the time that Starship Troopers came out. It's like, what the fuck guys? It's like, he's subversive. He, uh, deconstructs this shit. I don't know. Yeah. Did you see all of the Aryan people from fucking Venezuela in that movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. That was a weird subtext i don't remember if that's from, from the yeah. original novel or not there's definitely some like odd like proto-fascist stuff in the original novel uh if i remember right it's been a long time since i read it um okay do you want is there more do you want to talk about or you just want to stop here i mean we've only talked about like six songs but i guess that's about half maybe we should just do a maybe we should i mean there's fucking 17 tracks in this thing i refuse well, a bunch to of them are radio about. skits though <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, maybe we should just, 
maybe we should just like play one, like a sample of one more thing that's just sort of dumb. Like just so that my curmudgeonliness can be justified a little more. How about play my sample from The Only Hope for Me Is You? Okay. It's like Blink 182 ass song. Yeah. Just listen to how he pronounces you. Only hope for me. <laughs> California. The only hope for me is yo. The only hope yo. for me Who? is me. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, boy. Oh, no. The annotation on this song from The Genius, which is only from five months ago, says this song is one of the more emotionally vulnerable songs on the album. Uh-huh. Hmm, I don't know about that. Maybe he's saying the only hoop for me is you. Oh. And they want to use you like a human hula hoop. It's like a T-Pain sexy thing. Oh, like a spinner. Maybe it's That's that. what the kids call it these days, right? Spinner? See, the you know, there's more connections than you think between these artists. I can't remember. I think you mean there's more connections between these artists. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost like a Philly Thank accent, you. honestly. Yeah. It's very yeah. weird. Water ice. Water ice. Oh my God. The other day, uh, so for people who don't know, water ice is uh, Italian, uh, like, um, gel- not gelato. It's like a sorbet kind of dessert, um, a cheap dessert in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of it's trash. Some of it's amazing. Um, but uh, it's very refreshing regardless if you're on a hot summer day and you get one that doesn't have high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. Um, but uh, so water rice, they pronounce it water rice. But the other day I was reading a NASA article and they said there's water rice on Mars. <laughs> oh, right. It's a and term I was of- like, let's all go. <laughs> let's get, get some sugar blasted. Water rice. <laughs> That's right. I've heard that that can be used as a term of art in um, some sort of sciencey thing, right? Oh, now that a term of what? A term of art that makes me want to go on Wikipedia and see what. Oh, I, I guess they just mean as opposed to some other kind of liquid, like hydrogen. You know, it's important ice that or it's something? water ice, but or like mercury ice. I don't know what else ice is made of. I guess Wikipedia I may tell Liquids. Me. Let's see, ice. Is water frozen into a solid state? Oh, oh. You literally I'm gonna look uh. this up. Non-water ice. Literally, the Wikipedia article defines it as being made of water. And the very last section is ice, quote unquote, ice of other materials. Ah. Like dry ice, which is a solid form of carbon dioxide. Oh, there you go. That's ice. But it's not... Hmm. It's not really ice, though. You're such a bigot. That's like saying the National Socialist Party is a socialist party. It's like just because their their name is, is in it doesn't mean that they're actually that thing. <laughs> and here we go. Godwin's no Law. No true ice cube would be made of carbon <laughs> dioxide. <laughs> It's not ice. <laughs> we went right from Godsman, Godwin's law to the no true Scotsman fallacy. Oh boy, this is hard to follow. Uh, yeah, let's let's wrap it up with uh, MCR thoughts. Um, 
Oh, right. I I think the Black Parade was the best. Obviously, uh, yeah. Yeah, just, I, I mean, I like a lot of those musical aesthetics, you know, like the throwback Queen and Bowie and ELO stuff, I think is really fun. Um, and I think it is the best way to package their silliness. Yeah. It doesn't make you try to take it uh, too seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and by that, in, in that way, I think it's sort of the least emo because it's like, it's not trying to take itself that seriously. And, but it's also not like aloof and like just dedicated to irony. So yeah, I think that one's the best. Mm-hmm. I think my personal ranking would be uh, Black Parade, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, um, and then I would probably put the first album, which is the name I forget. Yeah, you I mean, uh, something about bullets. You gave me your heart. Blah blah. Oh, blah, I blah, brought blah. you my bullets. It's yeah. You brought me your love. You got a that lot of one, bullets and, and hearts interaction. In danger, the, in their danger, danger. Because I'm yeah. It was such a bummer to me, especially after those first two songs that I liked so well. So, what do you think? I agree, basically. Yeah. I think that um, overall, they were a lot less emo than I thought they would be. I mean, their first couple albums were kind of emo. Um, I found a lot to like in the music, um, especially particularly of the Black Parade. And uh, most of the time, not a lot to appreciate in the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. There was just like, yeah, this is, I don't know. There was a lot of just kind of seem like filler or poetic bluffs or yeah, just not very good stuff. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, overall, I think my uh, image of them, my idea of them has improved <clears throat> versus what, you know, my preconceived notions of were, which I don't think I had really revisited since high school where I was just like, oh, I don't know. This is dumb emo band. Blah. I'm a vampire. (laughs) I'm a Dracula and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah. MCR, not bad. I definitely saw glimmers of, uh, very good stuff. And, uh, Mm. I wonder what they could have become or maybe if like Jerry had gone solo or if they had done some like side projects, I, I wonder what they could have turned into, but, yeah. I think there's a chance they'll get back together. I mean, I haven't looked it up, but it seems like they're all still around, I think. Yeah, so. I guess so. It didn't seem, as far as I could tell, not that I read very much into it, it seemed like they weren't necessarily like at each other's throats when they broke up. Yeah, they're not like Hollow Notes. And even they got back together. Wait, Hollow Notes were, uh, had an acrimonious breakup? That's what I heard. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Okay, well, um, I don't think we've decided. I, hmm. We did. We did decide. We, who we, we decided we're doing, we're doing the next, next season. But are we going right into that season, or are we gonna do? I I've been listening to the show Blank Check a lot, which is like kind of the movie version of what we do. And something that I really like is they do a palate cleanser in between uh, each season, uh-huh. e- each director that they cover. I think we should totally do that. Okay, we should do. 
a palate cleanser or two because um, I think the last season was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we didn't feel like the need to fill a whole last season with non sequiturs, then that would be cool. Right. Um, so I, yeah, I kind of think we should do at least one palate cleanser um, if not two. And I think something that would be really fun is just to try again to to just cover an album that we really like okay yeah i can do that i think we should give it another shot and i think i have a couple in mind that are better and more interest. well not better than curtis mayfield but like that i'll be able to talk about more mm-hmm. interesting yeah. do, you, do you have one uh or will you ha- have one ready by next week um yeah i i have one that I would like to talk about. Okay. Do you want to make it secret or tease it? No, I'm going to tell you everyone right now. <gasps> Here it comes. Um, I want to talk about the album. When we all fall asleep, where do we go? By Billie Eilish. What? I've never even heard of that. This was, uh, along with the Lizzo album that just came out, uh, this was the soundtrack to my recent tour with Jake Blunt. We listened to this every day, multiple times on the road, and it is um, sort of a Generation Z, like, spooky pop music. And it's really interesting. Hmm. And it's, I think, she's 17, and uh, she has one album out, um, and it's, uh, or she had an e- EP as well, but, um, I think it's a really interesting direction for mainstream pop music to go. And I think it's very promising. So, okay. That sounds I th- super I fun. I think we should, I think we should listen to that and talk about it. This will it's be my really first cool. experience with it. Great. Awesome. Okay. Well, a little palate cleanser. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. And then maybe, maybe we'll. No, I think maybe right now we should announce who season 10 is so people can look forward to, like, they'll know what the future of the show is. Yeah. So, I pitched to Cameron and I advocated for it and he eventually agreed (laughs) that uh, I want to talk about Bob Marley because... Yeah. Yeah. Similarly to Garth Brooks, I think he... Yeah, Mon, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, man. (laughs) Too late. You did... (laughs) You said it in saying you're not going to say it. Um, no, I, I think he's he's very profile, so very high profile rather. So he's not necessarily overlooked, but I think he might yes. be misunderstood or people just don't know him very much beyond a few singles. And uh, I think he's been a little bit too much claimed by like shitty frat bro stoners, um, yeah. particularly does, in like does Oregon. Everyone, how many albums of Bob Marley has each? person listen to that has a like it's not spray paint but you know like the puff like what what is that that style of <laughs> i mean like airbrushed airbrush that's it mm. <laughs> yeah like the a person who has like an airbrush t-shirt or like poster like how many bob marley albums have they actually listened to right like i kind of feel like yeah he's yeah like you said claimed inappropriately yeah and uh i think he's he's like definitely the most high profile reggae musician and that's a that's also a genre that gets kind of written off by a lot of people like um sure like they'll maybe appreciate a few like songs as novelties essentially but they just don't really 
think much of the genre or they kind of look down on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I think he's got like 10 or 12 albums. So we'll have a lot to talk about there. And uh, I think yeah. he, he at least from what I understand tries to express things and have meaning in his lyrics. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Right on. Good choice. Yeah. Thanks dog. All right. Well, until then, and until next week, you can visit us online at boxset.website. Uh, email us at email at boxset.website. Go into our uh, Discord. The link will be in the show notes. Uh, if you could support us by writing us a review on iTunes or clicking that star rating or giving us money at support.boxset.website, that would be great. It really helps keep us making the show. Uh, you can also listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool. Uh, which is not some cool teen slang. It's the name of a old timey, old time. It absolutely tune. is not. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go on urban dictionary and search for get up in the cool. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Well, I totally got up in the cool last night. <laughs> <laughs> All up in the All cool. up in that cool. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's fiddles and banjos mm-hmm. and other things. Definitely check it out. Uh, and until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt and shut up and let me see your jazz hands. And I've been camera do it. And Nathan, you're one of my closest friends. You have to drop it with the shot on that stuff. <laughs> Just shut up. Can't keep doing this. <laughs> like ohm factory banjos you know like uh, banjos with like just shoddy like mistakes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh you know with the fourth string basically resting on the fret <laughs> <laughs> has it been that way the whole time since you bought it yeah dude i'm just like it's been like seven years I, I know i'm like the worst at self-care and especially self-care that involves money like taking care of myself or my stuff. I'm mm-hmm. just terrible at it. I never go to the, I've never, I've never been to the doctor <laughs> unless I have to. Um, I've only had like one checkup in like my adult life and wow. I haven't been to the, de- to the dentist at all. And, and I had a broken banjo for fucking seven years. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm so fucking stupid. <sighs> Oh. Uh.